This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products for the very first time, please visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They got everything you need or want. More geared towards your athlete, but it is more like rub-ons and lotions and stuff that you don't have to ingest. You don't have to smoke it. Less than 1% THC. So for all you people who are scared to get high, it's good for you too. So go visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. If you're into nerd culture or collectibles or signed memorabilia, Please visit firstroll.ca. This is First Row Collectibles. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. They ship within North America. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds. So to all you American listeners, a little bit cheaper rate for you after the conversion. But they update daily. They got everything from sports memorabilia to wrestling figures to comic books. Anything literally nerd culture is there. So please support them too. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my T Public store at tpublic.com. Or if you're so inclined to, scroll down on today's description. It's right there embedded. Click on the link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. Easy peasy. Buy something nice. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to onesies to coffee mugs to travel mugs. Literally anything you need or want. Even COVID masks. So protect yourself and others around you. But if you don't want to support me monetarily, I totally understand during these hard times. But the most easiest thing you could do and the thing that honestly helps me out the most is please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a comedian a journalist, and the author of Boss Fight Books Postal, Brock Wilbur. Are you there? That is me, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, did I scare you off? What the hell happened? No, no, no. I just had it mute, muted through your ads, and I was like, that is a yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that to guests, too, all the time. I'm like, I oh, I should probably end with a question, or like, how are you, or something. But it's like, that is who this is. Are you ready? Like, surprise, you're in. <laughs> oh, so what's going on, Brock? How are you today, man? My day is going pretty okay. Um, I uh, I am a uh, journalist uh, and a comedian and a writer, uh, and uh, the journalist part of my life is that I run 
Kansas City's uh, alt uh, newspaper magazine. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, holy shit, uh, is there just uh, too much news every day, every minute of the day, all of the fucking time. Uh, right. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I closed all my my windows and my slack and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, we're setting aside up to an hour here for yeah. an interview, doing this podcast, just going to focus just with you and have a fun time. And I'm like, when I open the text boxes and my phone again like what fresh new hell will we live in what new thing do i spend the rest of the night having to like write about like oh he 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 put a literal devil onto the supreme court i don't know they found a devil in hell and pulled it up wow. and just put it up there and it's it's spewing fire and it doesn't really understand the law very well especially not constitutional law but he's there they he had the votes so i just don't know how to fucking yeah so uh, that's that is my life at this point, uh, and uh, my wife is also a, a political journalist. So, oh, wow. uh, we, a, a while ago, we we gave up on two things. One of those things was um, shaming each other for drinking too much. Okay. That one's just out the window. <laughs> That's been a couple of years where it's like, hey, you were kind of yesterday. You were pretty, mm, and then and now it's just like, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. You spent your day, and, right. and the other one is that we used to like ask each other all the time, like. Hey, what are you working on today? Or like, what's what's the story you're writing? And uh, now it's just every time one of us leaves the house, uh, the uh, the parting word is just get them, <laughs> just get them. Like I I don't know what whoever it is you're writing about, they're definitely not good, and they deserve whatever you're saying. Uh, and so fucking get them. Uh, <laughs> it is not no, not not I love you, honey, anymore. Uh, so that's what a journalist couple uh, looks like. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad to be Canadian during these hard times because even though we get to see what you guys are going through, obviously we don't have to live through. Well, it does affect us somewhat, obviously being neighbors and whatnot. But at the same time, it's nowhere half as bad as these guys have it, right? One of my friends just got a really incredible like uh, video game job uh, in and around the uh, the video game title Dead by Daylight. Okay, uh, working for that company, uh, and he is currently in the states and. They gave him. They gave him the job, uh, right. and he's working remotely for now. Okay. Uh, and and he was on Twitter the other day, and somebody responded to him with something that was like, "Well, if you don't love America, then get out." And he was like, "I'm literally trying to. They won't <laughs> let me in. No one will let us in. Like, right. no one wants us because of. Because, yeah, I don't like America. Neither does anyone else. Like, I can't do what you're asking me to do. Right. Uh, so I just. Yeah, uh, I, I apologize for what kind of neighbors we are. I've heard that there is uh, a policy in place that like people going to Alaska okay. can drive through Canada, oh. uh, but they are not allowed to like stop anywhere except for gas stations. Like okay. it's basically like you sure. can stop at a gas station, but like you cannot stay overnight at a hotel. Oh, shit. You cannot go to like a bar or restaurant, right? Uh, except for like a drive-through sort of thing. And apparently, like Americans, even with this like pass through thing right. keep fucking it up in this way where there's like one guy who just keeps getting arrested for like hanging out in canada and the police keep being like oh. ben we just saw you here last week and he's racked up something like three hundred thousand dollars worth of possible fines wow. uh, from the canadian government and i'm just like look even the people i know in canada don't love canada that much like i don't know especially the stretch between us and alaska like i just right. don't know what's there that you're just like i just gotta fucking be there that's my those are my people sure. <laughs> i will i will go to fucking the, the I'll go to jail i will go to, to the fucking stocks just to spend more time at this one restaurant and this one overnight motel along the side of the highway in canada just like yeah that's it does sound like us like uh, i don't know I, 
I love that you guys were kind enough to be like, I know that you guys are just bringing in so much of the disease, but like, you've got that other state. Right. You just, you have a path. You just go ahead. Just please leave us out of it. And we're still like, fuck no, we're, we're here. We're going to go wherever we want. Nothing matters. There's no rules. It's, it, it, we're like an entire country that just got to its freshman year at college. Right. It's just like, oh, woo, no parents, no rules. And it's just like, no, everyone's dying. I don't understand. Oh my God. Well, speaking of video games, you are the author <laughs> of Postal. Well, cool author. Well, how do you brand it? Because obviously you had more chapters than Nathan did. So is it technically your book and he contributed or? Oh, very much co-authorship. Okay. Uh, so um, to, uh, to explain to the audience, um, there is a, a book series out there called 33 and a Third. Uh, and that book series has been running for a number of years. Uh, and each book is a very sort of short, 100 pages-ish uh, book written by a different author about a different musical album. Uh, and there are basically no rules for it. Like some people write very dry histories of how it was recorded. Some people write about their personal experiences with it. Uh, some people write like basically fan fiction. Uh, there's several hundred titles in the series at this point. It's just one of those things that like every one of them that comes out, you're like, what's this little weird thing going to be? Uh, so a few years ago, a friend of mine named Gabe uh, in Los Angeles uh, started Boss Fight Books, which is mm-hmm. basically that same thing, but for video games. It's up to about 25 books now. It's taken a few years to to get there, mostly because it's kickstarted and it comes in bursts of like six books or so yeah. per year. Um and I'd pitched a couple of things to him, and oh, two okay. things had happened. One was that uh, we had agreed, like, especially early on, like, wow, uh, it's a lot of straight white guys here. Um, maybe we open this up to be less like that, because, yeah, we have... <laughs> I, 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 at the point, I wrote it, like, 12 different websites. It's like, there's plenty of places where people can hear my voice. Not that anyone fucking needs to. Right. Uh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, and the rest of it was that, like, some of the... Pitches just, it wasn't exactly hitting the right spot. Uh, and then out of nowhere, um, my writing idol, Nathan Rabin, uh, popped in. And for those that don't know, uh, he ran the Onion AV Club as editor for their culture stuff for like almost two decades. Oh, uh, wow. Like, is just the guy that you grew up uh, reading about like pop culture things. Sure. Uh, he has this incredible book from 2013 called You Don't, you don't Know Me, But You Don't Like Me. Okay. Uh, where the premise was he spent basically three years touring around with uh, the two least liked fandoms in all of music, the Juggalos and Fish fans. Uh, And it's his very Hunter S. Thompson-esque book about just living amongst the Juggalos for several years and eventually like giving into it and finding a love of it and the the culture and stuff. And so I was like, so he he came in and he's like, I would like to write about uh, UV Bull and his video game movie adaptation uh, Postal, which is an adaptation of a game from 1997 uh, that we will get into, which is something of a bullshit game. Uh, right. But he's like, I, you know, I don't play video games. I'd like to write about this movie director. Oh. And they were like, we should have somebody write about the game. He's like, what about Brock over here? And I was like, uh, okay. So the this is all a roundabout way of saying that like, I, I got to work with my writing hero who became the best man at my wedding wow. through this process. Wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, but Everyone else that's written a book in this series picked their book. They put work and effort in to being like, here's everything that I want to say about what is almost certainly right. the most important game to them in their life. Exactly. It's always like, this is the game that brought me and my like stepfather together, sure. even though we were in different countries. This is the game that like helped me deal with my mother's death. Mm. This is the game that helped me realize my sexuality. Like It's all very powerful. 
stuff that they feel a positive connection to. Right. And uh, I'm writing a book about a game from 1997 where you uh, shoot up a school uh, <laughs> and, and murder a bunch of people because it's cool and edgy. Crazy. Uh, and, it, and it's also a game that I basically had not previously played to writing the book about it. And so I was like, I know that this is ostensibly a bad game. Right. And then I discovered very quickly, this is indeed a bad game. And that the people behind it are uh, somewhat odious themselves. And I was like, okay, let's just dive into yeah. the entire thing and, and, and find out what's here. And uh, boy, boy, it's a journey, but it, I, it, it is fascinating to be the outlier in this book series as being the person that turned into a book. Like there were, there were re- reviews uh, early on from some people online that were like, you know, I read it and Brock doesn't sound like he even liked the game. Yes. I was like, that's the fucking point. Uh, and like, even when we announced it, I had friends that were like, why are you giving those guys a platform like they are they are bad people and they have taken bad political social stances in the past? And I was like, right. first of all, do you think I'm going to have anything positive to say about this, really? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think my book is going to help them sell any more copies. Right. But also, I was like, you know, like, all art deserves criticism. If we don't sure. criticize the bad art, too, then no one learns from anything. And Thank so it you. feels... The, that that sort of stance filled me with a sort of a pride about the project at a time when I was a little concerned about. It. I was like, no, 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 I, I, I'm I'm not lifting up something that is bad. I am lifting up something that is bad and rising it into the light and saying we have to be able to talk about all the pros and cons of what's here because otherwise, like things just get worse or or whatever it is. So I was like, yeah, yeah, what I'm doing is is important and even though it's different and weird. So and and you've read it now, uh, yeah. so. What did you think? <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to break it into two parts because obviously that's probably the best way to do it. So we'll talk about the movie oh, later on in the show, okay? Because I also sure. watched the movie. So that that just oh, blew my God. mind. I got so many things to touch on the movie as well. But as far as the book and the actual video game goes, this is the first boss fight book that I've read that I haven't played the game of. So I never played Postal before. Obviously, being a video game fan, I've heard of it. I've seen it. I know what it, it's all about, right? <clears throat> and... The first thing, yeah, the first thing I noticed is like, why is this guy writing this book? He hates everything about this game. And then even to the point where you were driving to meet, uh, what's his name? I'm horrible with names. Um, Vince Desi. Desi, yes. Vince Desi. And and Jay, right? When you went to go meet those two (laughs) and then you talked to him on, or you were listening to his podcast and you called your wife and you want to come back home. I'm like, that's it. The book's done. What the fuck else is this guy going to write about? And then obviously you continued (laughs) on and whatever, but it was like mind blowing from a perspective of, the reader, and plus I love how you broke the fourth wall. You literally talked to the reader. There's many points where you show yourself like you're talking, you're like thanking people for buying the book and whatnot. Like, you know what I mean? So I like that aspect when it comes to reading because I hate it. I hate people like I can't suspend disbelief, but I like when uh, author talks back to you. Like, I don't know if, if that makes right. sense, right? Yes, absolutely. So it's almost like you're narrating your own book, right? So I, I love that aspect, but oh my God, there's so many things. The first thing I want to touch on is your friend Matthew. Now, okay, honestly, I've heard of stuck-up people in my life, and I like my parents are one of them. Every time I play hip-hop, they say, turn off that music, all it is is swearing. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm a huge hip-hop guy. Same thing with video games. If right. they, they saw stuff like that, sure. But this guy's parents is on a different level. To literally not let this kid play Super Mario because it's violent? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's what? his parents are, uh, are pastors. Like, you know, it's, it's pastors, kid stuff, and you're just like... I don't know. I, I I never really understood growing up. Like as his friend, I was like, he, I was like, I'm not even sure why they let us be friends. And like, <laughs> I, have a, 
I'm a good Christian Midwestern boy. Like sure. I'm, nothing I'm bringing into this is uh, uh, corrupting him in any way, except for uh, the story that the book opens with. But I was just like, it seems like you probably don't even like me just on the basis that like I have watched television before. Right. Like I have electric appliances in my household. Are those the devil? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it was even to the point where you sat down and you played Postal for the first time with this kid and he was rocking himself on the floor all scared and wanted to go back <laughs> home. Like, come on, who does that? Like, And that right there yeah. is when I was hooked and I wanted to read more, by the way. So that story alone made me want to read the rest of the book. <laughs> Good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, okay, I have to ask, is he real? Come on. Like, is anyone really like this? Oh, absolutely. One thousand percent. Oh my god! I, I even made sure to reach out to him. Uh, oh, you did! I was, like, I was like, people from our hometown right. who knew us growing up. Well, definitely, somebody's going to read this, and he's definitely going to reach out and be like, "Hey, did you know that Brock opened his book with this really embarrassing story about you?" And it's like, <laughs> I'll just uh, head that one off at the pass. Like, it's it's fine. I don't need his permission or anything. But I was like, I'll just, uh, it, which is good to reach out to somebody that was at one point in my childhood a very close friend that I haven't talked to in 20 fucking years because obviously wow. he became a pastor too and we have oh, nothing shit. in common anymore. So. Gotcha. <laughs> sure. <laughs> totally makes sense. And yeah, and the other thing I forgot was how like people think we're in a pussyfoot society nowadays. How about back then when literally this video game had so much attention for the violence and this, this, and like now you barely get that with video games. But back then it was like people were against video games more than they were against guns saying like you even said it in the book too. Why are people saying it's video games that kill people? No, it's fucking guns that kill people, right? This gets into something that is, is part of the reason that this book wound up taking three years to finish, even though it's not that long of a book, which is that oh, wow. um, uh, if, if you don't know, like uh, you, you brought up the thing that is true of me, like if you are in the video game pop culture universe, you know what Postal is because you know of the impact that it had on society, which is that it came out uh, just before Columbine happened and it That's indeed has pre-described pre the last level of the game is you shooting up a grade school and you literally can't, you, you, uh, the controls are taken away from you. There's no way to not shoot up this grade school. And this came out right. just before Columbine. And so when Columbine happened, uh, it became, you know, the, the move to be like, it's not the guns that kill people. It is the video game doom. It is the video game postal. It is the music of Marilyn Manson. It right. is, it, there's this very short list of things that are responsible uh, and people like uh, video game lawyer Jack Thompson, uh, who uh, has made an entire career out of uh, trying to get uh, Grand Theft Auto removed from existence. Mm. Uh, these were the sort of guys that the White House would bring in to be like, yes, he's actually he's a lawyer who specializes in this. And he can attest to the fact that it's actually video games and not guns that are the problem. Right. And and the problem became that we started this in uh, 2017. And since then, the number of, of shootings in America has just skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, and. And the same people from the fucking nineteen from nineteen ninety seven who in ninety eight that were being brought in to talk to the White House and to be the advisors on this, like Jack Thompson, are back in the White House again wow. to peddle the exact same lines. And I was like, "You brought back, you brought back all the postal people for for now for fucking twenty plus years later to be wow. like, yep, still still that's the problem, and in no way could it be guns, and it it just became this very." It, it, it's something that I have to address in the book that at one point my editor was like, hey, you're done now. And I was like, but each time there's a, a shooting, I have to keep updating. And he's like, there will continue to be shootings at some point. So we, we have to get published on the book because like, right. you'll, you'll never keep up and you'll just be constantly updating this. And I was like, 
you know what? You are right, Gabe. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, the horrors will never cease. Uh, so it is it is fascinating, and it is also fascinating in that you know the the guys around Postal are still brought into news shows to talk about how like games aren't the fault of that, but that they made right. this thing twenty years ago. That I think even they are shocked. Like, why are people still talking about this? Like, even they acknowledge like it's 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 a, it's a point of pride for them actually that they made what they've called the worst game of all time. They literally re-released it in a box called Postal, the worst game of all time edition. Wow. Like they, they know what this game was and right. they lean into it and that's funny and, and clever, but like, they're like, why, why are we still in your mouth? Why do we still take up space in your head rent free on like on this gun stuff? Even there, I, I think would be like, no, no, it's fucking guns. What are you even babbling about? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, the other thing I really enjoyed too was how you described like, the certain levels obviously up to level four because like you even mentioned in the book too up to there that's what the whole game is all about after that you just whatever but the way you described everything from the enemy types to like not like getting ammo for the wrong guns at the beginning and being such a hard game and all this in my mind i was picturing something like the warriors meets the purge like the way you described everything it was like oh my god like in your description this looks like a fantastic game on paper, but obviously it is not, right? Because there's so many things wrong with it. But no, kudos to you. Because again, another thing that made me want to read further, because I'm not going to go back and play this game. I can't play the old school games anymore, even though I grew up with those games. They're just hard as fuck. Like, we forget how spoiled we are nowadays, right? (laughs) We do. You know what? If if there's one element of snowflake culture that I will gladly accept, it is that we are a bit coddled with games now, and that's perfectly fine accessibility is important i love it but like yes yeah that 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 was one of the parts of of going back to play this was like not only am i playing a game that i know going in i'm not gonna like but it's really hard to play and i was like i I don't want to use cheat codes because i'm writing a book about it and i have to be authentic but like fuck i'm really tired of restarting (laughs) level 12 i'm just so tired of it so how'd you do it did you do a one playthrough and get right to the end or was this like multiple tries at it oh um you know, I think I've replayed the game over the last couple of years four or five times okay. uh, in in various formats. Uh, they did a, a remastered version uh, a number of years back that is actually pretty fun oh. uh, and accessible. But, uh, just because like they fixed some shit with their engine and like there were a lot more enemies added and it became right. a real bullet hell shooter. And I was sort of like, this is this is kind of fun. Uh, but also, who knows, like, uh, at some point my brain warped around this, uh, so, and, and the truth of the matter is that also, like, had we have planned this better, the book should have been really about Postal 2, because mm. that is really what the movie is based on, yes. uh, and, and that is, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, the people that made Postal followed up this game, uh, with a different game that was called Postal 2, that was a sequel, and the first one, there's no real story. You're just a fucking psychopath who just keeps massacring people for no reason. Right. Postal 2 is like um, some high school students that think that they can write South Park, and then they do, and then it's a first-person shooter. And so it is a lot about you, the Postal Dude. That's your name, because why not? who has time to name characters? Uh, and, and each day of the week, you go out into this, this, this town of, of paradise uh, and, and you just sort of have a to-do list from your wife who you call the bitch. Uh, constantly, like, if you had any question about where this stands. Uh, oh, and, God. And in, in one of the DLCs later, like, 
you actually do have to fight her because she's a, a literal gigantic titty demon. Uh, wow. So I don't know. It is what it is. It's very funny. Or it isn't. Who knows? Um, but like, uh, so the game is very much about like, you are just trying to go about uh, life doing very mundane things, like literally just buying milk at the grocery store. And it is actually everyone around you right. that is a huge piece of shit asshole. And they are always creating violent situations and these the it's it's all about people on how everyone on the right and the left are both horrible monsters who are out for blood and you're just a guy that's just trying to be like i just want to buy milk and there's something about it that is it's wildly fascinating it is it is a horribly broken game it is a game where the load times between like just walking through sections of town can be up to a minute long and it came out the same year as like half-life oh shit and, uh, that's right half-life 2 and it was just like oh what you are up against technically here like it's it, your game is literally unfucking playable <laughs> versus what this is wow. uh with your engine that you guys built yourselves uh yet again uh <laughs> so it it is it is from that cloth which actually yields some incredibly memorable and genuinely funny moments that this movie uh, wound up happening. And that is what Nathan's part of the book tackles. Oh my God. Yeah. So before we get to that part of the book, one last thing. Okay. Meeting Desi and Mike J, right? Like, okay. When you sat down, you already knew what they were all about. But again, to you even said it, to be in these men's presence and for them to think they're doing nothing wrong and they're contributing and doing all this, like you were a bit envious because of the confidence. Like, you know what I mean? So how... Oh, absolutely. How... Okay, first off, how did you not fucking walk out of there or throw something in their face or whatever? Because, I don't know, again, reading the book, I felt like... Like, I was... Because I was reading it on, on a screen. So I was squeezing like the tablet i'm like what the fuck why isn't he doing anything i'm like how could he just sit there like oh my god i like that you read my book like somebody watches a slasher film where the whole time you're like just don't go in there don't drive to arizona my dude yes what the fuck are you get out of that house yes. i love this oh this is wonderful for me <laughs> yeah. it's crazy okay so for the people who don't know and i don't want to ruin the book too much you end up driving to desi's house and uh, staying there i believe one night right yeah. Okay. Okay. So again, this to me is like a literal perfect horror movie. Like I don't know. Like what's going through <laughs> your mind? Like honestly, uh, I, I think I'd absorbed enough of what the postal culture was, including like their Facebook fan community, uh, another sequel game, uh, sort of their world, their perspective on things, who their, especially who their fans are, right, and what their fans think they're trying to say. Um, and so I, I drove out to Arizona to interview the creator and the, the sort of co-creator and who the two people are. Uh, it, one is Vince Desi, who is this, is, uh, very, uh, much, much older, uh, Brooklyn dude, uh, who, who desperately, like he just missed his calling in life. He should have been Howard Stern. He should have been a radio disc shock jock in the nineties, just going on the air every day for four hours to say shit to make people angry. Makes sense. Uh, but phrasing it like a question. Uh, and then uh, his the co-runner of the company is, is Mike Jay, who is this guy of, of about my age uh, who uh, is just exceptionally cool uh, and, and kind of lib-leaning uh, and, uh, and is young. And I, I was like, I don't know how you guys met. And uh, it turns out that Mike Jay was actually school classmates with Vince Desi's son. Oh, wow. And one day was like, 
hey, I like your dad's game. And it's like he he had like a different son and the son wanted to go into the family business sure. and his own son did not. Right. So the two of them just like hang out all the time now. And they, there's a, it was a very funny thing to meet with both of them because Vince says whatever the fuck he wants all the time. And you could see Mike, the younger, more aware guy, always being sort of like, well, what if we walk that one back? Just a, a couple of steps. <laughs> it's like that's uh, that's not what you said. There isn't isn't great, but he's also this own, his own fun version of an edge lord. And like, I the the two of them fill you with this genuine glee to be in their presence, almost because they're just Shit. they love what they've done. Right. They're proud of it. Yeah, and they are both uh, like self disparaging and self aware in such a way that they're like, yeah. We've made an entire career out of making these games. Most people hate us, and we've come to love being hated. Uh, and, and they have some grievances with the industry in general that are wildly reasonable. They had a number of, of, of people that have told them over the years that, like, uh, big, important websites that they worked for, uh, like, those people would turn in, like, reviews of their games, and then the editors would change the review scores to lower them because they didn't want to look bad to people. And I was like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> like, right. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm not giving the highest appreciation of your games uh, in my book, but like, I'm going to be fair and honest. And, and the rule with me for the night was basically like, we do not care what you write about us so long as you quote us accurately. And I was like, I do promise to do that, uh, start to finish. Uh, so like, that was that was our agreement. And then we basically sat down to ten hours of like drinking whiskey, talking shit, and like going back and forth on this. And and it was what what became one of the most fascinating parts about the whole experience to me was that Vince Desi uh, had actually reached the point where he could make Postal, the original game, uh, because he ran a video game company that started as a side project out of, like, a a gay nightclub scene in New York in the 80s. Uh, And anyway, it went from, like, that place to uh, making, uh, being, like, the first game studio to have a license with PBS so they made all the Sesame Street games and stuff for like a decade. And so that's crazy. This dude that made Postal walked into another room and came back with an award from like Barbara fucking Bush and Nancy Reagan wow. for like his work in helping educate children. And I was just like, what What the fuck is this? And he was like, so that is why I made Postal, because like you, you like, you know, you can't spend 10 years making Big Bird games and not be like. I just want a game where I just fucking shoot people. And like when that moment happened, I was like, oh, this is the most human thing I've ever heard. If I had to work at Sesame Street for for, for my entire life, one day I would indeed say like, I just want a game where I see a head explode. I just want a bunch (laughs) of blood and for there to be no story and no meaning and no educational angle. I just want to, I just want to shoot a shotgun. Give me a fucking shotgun and an Uzi and let me kill like for a, I'm not a psychopath. I promise you. I just need the outlet. And I was like, all of that, like, yeah, that that just made so much sense to me. It's like, yeah, anyone who's ever worked any desk job anywhere, like, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I now get where Postal came from and why it didn't matter that it didn't have a story and wasn't good. <laughs> well, and the other thing about the whole Desi story too is the what is it, the Russian MTV Game Awards, where he accepted award was grabbing his crotch and going all crazy on stage and shit. Yeah, the the better version of this would have been that I spent a week at their house 
just railing lines of coke <laughs> while they just told me every weird fucked up thing that they've ever done. Uh, oh. which, which rules like, because every story was just sort of like, yeah. And then there were prostitutes and then we were in a different country and it, Oh my God. There's a part of it that like, um, it does, it does recall a heyday of like the rock star video game creator where that I don't think we'll ever see again oh. in so many ways where it's like, yeah, the guys that made doom and the guys that made posts and stuff, those dudes got flown around the world and they hosted like award shows and they right. were like, they introduced music videos on MTV for a week or with Carson Daly or something. You're just like, yeah, there was a time where you could be that guy. And like, no one's flying anybody from gearbox around the world at this point. to like host True. things like it's, it is very fascinating about like how things come into it out of style culturally. Anyway, <laughs> yes, you make an excellent point there. <laughs> oh my god! Well, now I have to know what, what do they think about the book? Since obviously you trashed. Well, you, you didn't really trash them per se, but you didn't paint them in a nice light as well, right? <clears throat> uh, Mike and I talk all of the time on mm. Facebook. He oh, is. Shit. He is so fucking funny, and I <laughs> like him so much, and I I think I. I think I did expect them to come into reading the book and to be like, Hey, fuck you. We were, we, we were honest with you about something or, or you didn't play fair and something. They read it day one and were immediately like, this is great. There's, there's some notes that we would offer, but, uh, overall we love this. And they loved it so much that in fact, we are the only game in the boss fight book series that is sold also through uh, the store of the video game company, oh. they bought a whole bunch of copies and then they signed them for the book they didn't write. <laughs> but you can buy it through there. And I've bought a copy. I was like, you know what? I want a copy of my book That's signed hilarious. by two dudes that the book just shits on. And I was like, I, I was talking, I, like, that is one of those things. Oh. That it's, it's one of those moments like where you're like, oh shit. Like they're genuinely funny. They truly are. And sometimes right. some of it, like you're like, is oh. is some of it bound by like the limits of technology where it was a decade ago or like are they are they better or worse than I think and I've spent a lot of time with that but uh yeah no uh Mike and I uh, talk with some frequency uh an incredibly nice dude in in per- like it, it's also one of those things that uh bo- both of them are are I believe at their core good people oh, okay, uh, yeah. and both of them have just wildly different realities from me and, I, and we both we all went in sort of acknowledging that they were like they were basically like you're gonna be like this lib snowflake cuck pussy with us right and i was like i absolutely probably am but let's see where the night takes us and let's have some drinks uh oh, but like shit. yeah I, no I, I anyone that i i was i was a little surprised when people read the book and people were like hey i think you you kind of trashed them i was like I, I don't think so because I know what trashing them would have looked like, and that's that's not in this book. This book represents them for who they are, and I think shows uh, throughout sort of a begrudging respect uh, to be like, yeah, I don't know, uh, and uh, to be uh, wildly fair to them, like I interviewed a lot of people around them, people that worked for them in the past, just to double check on some of this, sure. uh, and, and it didn't even make the book because uh, it didn't feel relevant at that point. But I, I did ask around. Former employees, and I was like, "Hey, were they ever like a shit boss? Were they ever a bad person to yeah. you? Were, did they ever foster an environment that sucked shit?" And right. they were always like, "No, good, solid dudes. Really, paychecks always came came on time. No one ever lied to me. Like, you know, sometimes they'd be weird or whatever, and or you know, 
do jokes that I didn't get, but who cares? And I was like, that's fine. That's, I think, probably most people's review of me as a boss, too. So, like, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, it, it is a fascinating thing to be like, I, as, as I entered into the interviewer, it's like, I, I do find, like, the we started today with me saying, like, the people behind this game are loathsome. They aren't loathsome people. They are people that make something that I find loathsome, but as people, they seem decent-ish, and it is... It is a perplexing disconnect to, to see that and be like, right. I, I, I like you and in direct proportion to how much I dislike the things are that you make, which re- reflect who you are as a person. Like I've never experienced that with art. I've never liked, I've never like met somebody and been like, fuck, you're just like such a cool dude and we are best friends. But the, the songs that you write are are racist like right. i don't know like know. it's just like why I, how how does this person create this thing which is a, a fascinating thing to dive into but my god no indeed like i, I was thinking the same thing i'm like because i put down in my notes too that yeah their policies and their politics and whatever they believe in are a bit wacky and out there but the way right. like you just said like there were great bosses like even when you were there they're gracious hosts and everything and it's like yeah. like how does again but don't you think, like in in art and in, in, in general, like not everyone who writes per se like horror movies or I guess directs porn or something stuff that people sure. find like loathing or at the bottom barrel, they're not always bad people. Maybe they just have stuff in their head that they need to get out. You, you know what I mean? And it doesn't necessarily make them Absolutely. a horrible person. It just let them get their shit out because who knows if they kept it in, maybe they would be that guy shooting up the plaza or something, right? Exactly. And and but then. It- it becomes that question of, of what happens further down that line of uh, uh, creative responsibility, which is like, sure, maybe those guys needed to get that thing out, and that's why they made what they made. But then, how is that piece of art received, and what do others do with it? That's and if your right. answer to that question is like, does this make anyone more violent, or does this make anyone uh, desensitized to violence, or does this does this make us as a culture better or worse? Right. The, bigger, broader questions that are much, much more difficult to answer. And certainly I do not side with the idea that anything about Postal made anyone more violent or like could be in any way responsible for these things. But I do believe that video games are capable of creating a desensitization to violence because I feel it all the time. Uh, And uh, yeah, there, there is, there is something there where you, you just have to look at every creator of a piece of art and ask like, yeah, this is what you made and why did you make this? But also like, what do other people think it is? Because if other people think it's something, uh, especially because like, as I aforementioned, like I, I dug into some of their fan community stuff right. and I saw a lot of things in there. That was like, this is just like a lot of racism and sexism. And a lot of people that are like, if you ask them about it, they'd probably say, I'm being satirical, but they don't know what the fucking word means, <laughs> uh, and they're just actually being racist. And, and like, it, yeah, when you when you make something that is seemingly created for only a toxic fan community, right. like I, I, I feel like there is a moment that you have to take a look in the mirror and ask, "What's up with that?" Um, and and yeah, I don't know, but like now I am I am among their fans. Postal Four is in. Uh, early release right now and i just i genuinely can't wait to play it because there's a part of me that like i i said i i think that they are smarter and perhaps better than what their games have led on and that perhaps some of that uh 
was limited by the technology of what they were working with. And right. so for it to be 2020, for them to have a full working studio again and to be making a new game <laughs> with a narrative, I'm like, okay, it's been 20 years since like Postal 2 and the last chance that you got to show what you thought was funny. Like, I cannot wait to see what this is because like <laughs> I, I, the, the, what I would like more than anything in the fucking world is for this game to come out and just be funny as fuck and for me to just have so much shit on my face for like having second guessed who they were as people throughout but like still being right about the games that they put out like there's no <laughs> defending that but I, I I do want success for them and also there are uh, people that run uh, an independent gaming studio and I there's no part of me that would ever cheer against somebody that is trying to employ people sure. uh, and is, is doing that work in that space unless they were actual fucking Nazis. So like, I'm, yeah, I, I am, I'm pulling for them, uh, <laughs> which is the duality of man. I suppose that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So the movie now, I don't know what's worse because I never played the game, but by the sounds of it and by the looks of it, it seems like the movie is just a complete mess and okay, first off, the movie stars Zach Ward. If you don't know Zach Ward, is, look him up. Everyone knows who he is. He started in Resident Evil. He's a child actor. He's been pretty much in all kinds of stuff, right? But it also stars people like Ron Jeremy, Uvi Bull himself, Osama bin Laden. Well, not the real one, obviously, because <laughs> but the actor who plays him, oddly enough, is the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. <laughs> so again, just by the sounds of this, just made me want to watch it. And obviously, the way Nathan described it and everything. And to tell you the truth. If it wasn't for reading the book first, I'd be so fucking confused because I don't know what the hell this movie was trying to tell, what it was trying to convey, other than blowing up people and shooting kids in a fucking German market for some reason. I was so goddamn confused. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's, it's hard to even pare it down from there. Um, yeah, uh, if, if you are an audience member who doesn't know the work of Yuvi Bull... Uh, he is a German film director that in the early 2000s, he'd been functioning in the 90s, but like in the early 2000s sort of uh, found basically what is the same clause as the, uh, the impetus for the uh, play, The Producers, uh, where within German tax law, if he made movies and lost money on them, Germany would reimburse him the difference and it would actually turn a profit. Yeah, that's And crazy. so the guy went out and bought up the rights to a lot of like, third tier video game franchises and just started churning out shit ass fucking movies about them. Uh, and like, uh, it, it was one of those things that like, I, I remember uh, a piece on something awful being written about him by screenwriters that had worked with them. And like in, in high school, it was one of the things that made me most angry in the world. Cause like, they're going to let this guy have the alone in the dark franchise. Are you fucking kidding? Like it just, uh, so he just, he, he made every video game nerd on the planet angry in the early two thousands. So every message board in the world hates him. Uh, but he just kept churning these out. And each time he made sort of double his money and then would get a bunch of larger name actors for the next one to come what? in and basically shoot out their scenes in a day or two and get paid a nice check. And so like, some of his films uh, have like Oscar winners in them, and you're just like, I know. Ben Kingsley, the fuck are you doing here, man? Get the fuck out of, of Blood Rain. My God, what are you? What's happening? So, like, yeah, he is, he is a guy that invented Bailing Down, and also, if uh, if you ever look him up, uh, at one point in time, uh, he did challenge 
his five biggest online film critics to a boxing match. Yes. Uh, and he flew them out to box with him. Uh, <laughs> and no one did their research because it turns out oh. he had previously been a professional boxer. Wow. So several guys I know and have long been fans of got knocked the fuck out in one punch Shit. on like an internet live stream. It was like, oh, this is what happens when the internet tries to go into the real world. <laughs> oh, no, it goes poorly. Uh, so a, a lot of his movies that aren't video game based, even though it, this applies to the video game ones as well. The guy fucking loves a movie where people just uh, decide to go do a shooting spree for no reason. Like it's, right. He has like four movies in a series that are basically just about people going postal uh, and, and another set in a different series. And so like it makes the most sense in the world that he would have the rights to this. But he didn't need it because he was already basically making what Postal 1 was elsewhere just like i don't know here's a guy who's crazy and he's got a bunch of weapons and like the cops are gonna try to stop him but no he shot all the cops and everything exploded it's 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 the sort of shit that like a terrible eight-year-old scrawls on a piece of paper with a crayon and then you look at it you're like you need to be in therapy uh so yeah uvable comes in and adapts this movie adapts this game into a movie uh which of everything in his oeuvre uh, comes the closest to being like, yeah, I want to be actual satire. I want to touch on things and I want to do stuff, but it just fears so wildly off course yep. from minute one that you're like, what the fuck am I watching? And so it becomes, um, I, I didn't write about the movie because Nathan certainly had it well handled but yeah. in, in my head. It's a series of basically like oh. SNL sketches. None of them connected in they, any way yes. that are, that are just wildly violent and um, and each one of them, like, yeah, every five minutes feels like it's its own different sketch. Exactly. Uh, and within it, they're like, hey, what if we talked about 9-11? Ooh, is that edgy? Because uh, here's Osama bin Laden. And then Whoa. somebody shoves a, a grenade up his asshole. Uh, and then, like, a squirrel pops out of those cowabunga. And, like, that's oh, the end of it. And you're like, okay. And then we're on to the next scene already. We're like, I, I don't even know what to oh, do with what God. I just saw. So, yeah, it is... It is this wild experience, and so it is. It is fascinating to watch the evolution of, of this from bad game into bad movie, uh, back into just overall like bad cultural landscape and bad political landscape. And to be like, does this contribute to where we are now? I don't know. It, it probably doesn't. But if it did, it didn't help anything. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember if Nathan brought it up. Did Desi approve of the movie? Because I know Mike J had a part, a small part in it, right? Uh, so they they were both uh, they were both on set, and they both did a lot of like uh, apparently like you would come in and like just change stuff on the fly, oh, okay. like out of nowhere, like just. Uh, it, it, certainly, as you can tell from his entire fucking career, the man has never <laughs> once been like. Yeah, the script is important. So he would just show up and be like, what if we shot a bunch of children today? And they're like, wow. I don't know, let's find some children and strap them up with squibs. I don't know, <laughs> like, let's just do what it is. So he was spending a lot of time being like, I don't know, but like, fuck, they're paying me. Like, it, Which is one of the things that I do appreciate about them is like, if you are working in the art space and you mm-hmm. manage to divorce yourself from having to care about art, like that's really cool to be able to just be like, I am here for the paycheck and my like vision for this, who gives a shit? Like, I don't care. Like you do whatever you want with it. I, I, I own a house. 
I'm fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. I own a house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's um, <laughs> they 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 find it to be a shit movie. Uh, they didn't enjoy working with them, but they're like, hey, there's a movie, and it is what it is. Sure. But also, like uh, at the end of the day, the movie got uh, shafted by a distributor. Like, there's all these things that, like, as you learn more about it, you're like, mm-hmm. so many parts of this could have done better by so many people. Uh, like there's there's weird issues where like there's a different edit of the film in Germany that's 15 oh, minutes wow. longer that's apparently better oh. uh, even though like it's it's in English but it's not available here like I, <laughs> stuff that you're just like I I, I want to know show me the version of this that somebody finds better what does better mean and to what degree is it five percent is it fifty percent what what edit could you do to fix this uh, so yeah yeah, yeah it. They didn't love what what happened to it, but um, they have a movie. Like, uh, you know, how many video games get made into movies? Maybe a hundred at this point in time. Like, and they're among that. Like that that brings with it a level of prestige on some level. Uh, So I don't know. Yeah, but did Desi and Uvi get along? Because by the sounds of it, they're almost the exact same person. Just one creates video games, one creates movies. (laughs) That is. That is an exceptionally good point. Uh, I, I feel like what probably happened there was it was uh, two of the exact same person meeting and being like, there's only space for one of us here. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I'm that asshole. Gotcha. Like, there's only space for one of me here on this. And oh. like, they must have probably just like walked up to each other multiple times and been like looking in a mirror and like, sure. no, 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 no. This is, it's just me, not you. So I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so what about video games in general? Have you been a long life fan? Is that how you originally wanted to write a video game book, or did you just start playing video games recently? Oh no, lifelong video game guy. I've been okay. a video game journalist for upwards of ten years. Oh, I just shit. spent uh, the last two years. I was a writer on uh, uh, League of Legends. Oh nice! Uh, which was a fascinating time because I don't uh, enjoy the game. I don't play it. Uh, Me so neither. Don't worry. To... <laughs> That's fine. Good, uh, but it would uh, irk fans of the game to know that somebody was working on it that uh that just doesn't 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 play it doesn't doesn't see that side of things yeah but it makes sense though because when because when i cook i don't like to eat my own food i prefer someone else to cook for me so it's you know Fantastic. It, it could be something like that right it's not that you just don't like the game it's just that you've helped do something towards it so you're like no i'm good <laughs> my job was to come in with a, a small team of people and to um sort of look at the decades worth of like short stories that they'd written around characters okay. and, and the sort of the lore because there wasn't really an internal Bible mm. for keeping these things consistent. So people would write new things and they wouldn't agree with stuff. It was like this character used to have a sister, but now they have a brother. Like these stories don't line up. Right. Uh, and so it was in my best interest to not play the game because the game and the lore of the stories, uh, aren't necessarily the same oh. or is it like I, I couldn't look up like a fan wiki because like those contain everyone's fan theory. So it's like, okay, gotcha. we just have to go through and build a Bible. And actually the less you know about the game, the better you're going to do at this job. And I was like, mm. I have no fucking interest in the game. So like uh, if I can help other people who love the game, write the game better. Good. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite all time games growing up? Oh uh, my God. I mean, everyone, certainly had the weekend where they didn't sleep when GoldenEye first came out. Um, 
everything uh, on the original Nintendo system. So many stupid games that like, there's no reason that anyone should like games that I kept renting as a, as a kid, right? not understanding that they were bad. I know. Just being like week by week, I'd be like every weekend. I was like, I want to rent the same game again. Cause it feels like I should be able to beat it. Like the, uh, the ghostbusters NES game or something. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It was just like, well, why can't I finish it? Like, it feels like I'm, I'm good at this. And then you're just like, no, like years later, you realize like, actually this is just, it's just a very bad game. <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, so yeah, that, um, I'll, yeah, I, a lot of early PC stuff, the, uh, all the Sierra games, all the LucasArts stuff, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Love everything in the survival horror world. Uh, anything nice. circa a silent hill type thing is extremely my jam. Uh, <laughs> So what do you think of and uh, now? Sorry, and now I like everyone else in the world yeah. uh, just replaying Tony Hawk. So, <laughs> so I assume you're a big fan of Resident Evil series. Love it. <laughs> so, what do you think of it going from literally horror to action? Now, are you a fan of this, or are you one of those that hey, I just love Resident Evil. I don't give a fuck what they do. <laughs> Everything around that universe is like it. I, I remember being the person that was upset about things like this. Uh, and then I realized that like we've reached a point where there is a movie franchise that continues an animated movie franchise that continues yeah. books, comics, games, spinoff games, and an upcoming uh, Netflix series. And I'm just like, it, it's reached the point where it's the same thing for me as, as star Wars has become where I was like, oh. if there's something here that I don't like, I just have to wait six months and sure. something else in the same franchise is going to come out. Then I'll be like, that's fine. So like uh, when I saw solo uh, yeah. and I was like, this is the first star Wars thing I haven't enjoyed. I was like, <laughs> it, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't even have to have to tweet about it. I don't have to be upset about it because six months down one, like we got another one coming sure. or a TV show or something. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. I've got <laughs> something is waiting for me. Oh, S- star Wars battlefront. Sure. That's fine. We'll do that. Like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> So yeah, I I don't I, I do remember the times in my life that I was like uh, I don't I wish somebody better was running Resident Evil and like mm. this thing doesn't work and I don't like this thing and now I'm just right. like it, it, it is it is both terrible and beautiful to watch a franchise that you love uh, become so omnipresent that there's just always more of it and you're like shit there's just too much of it and like I can barely get it all in but also. That means that if any of it's bad, I can just be like, I don't have to finish this just because this is the only Resident Evil game coming out Makes sense. this year or something. Like, I, I'll drop it. I'll move on to the next thing in six months, something else. So, yeah. No, it makes sense. So what are you currently playing? Are you up to date? Um, what I am currently playing, I played a uh, game recently for review um, called Other Side. Uh, oh. Side is spelled with a C instead okay. of an S. Uh, and it is a very... Hot topic, gothy sort of Lovecraftian oh. XCOM game, okay. uh, where you play as a series of sisters who are clones or spawns of some dark thing, and each time you die, you resurrect and uh, and you level things up. It's it's a bizarre thing, full of weird. Uh, it, it looks very Guillermo del Toro turn based combaty thing, and I was like. I don't know who this was fucking made for, but <laughs> eight out of ten. Like, really? I, I feel like it was made for me. <laughs> it's oh, wow. just like, 
I'm given this a lot more time than I think I normally would, but I was like, I enjoy this and it's, it's so weird and I barely understand what's happening at any point. It felt very much like watching an anime to me. I was like, Oh, I don't know what's happening, but it seems <laughs> fun. And I am here to see it through to the end. <laughs> oh, that's awesome too. Okay. Well, before we get into the dumbass of the week, I got to ask, are you getting a PS five or an Xbox series? Uh, spent the whole morning trying to get the Xbox. Oh, okay. Uh, failed miserably. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? There's, there's a month here. I'm sure they're going to start turning up again. Of like, course. I, I kept going to the Amazon page and they didn't, they, they didn't get it up for a whole fucking hour. Oh, shit. I'm just like Amazon servers host half of the internet and their servers couldn't handle this. Like, I'm just so shocked. I, like even my dad was like trying to pitch in. He was like, Hey, I'm over at uh, GameStop. I, I think that I'm in line for one uh, digitally. And I was like, nope, nope, it aired out. <laughs> I was like, I appreciate you trying. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. To GameStop for me online. I was like, thanks. Like, uh, yeah, just watching everyone. Everyone from both systems just completely fuck the boots on this. I'm like, I just, like, I, I went to Target right. and I kept putting, like, ad item on it okay. it would show up in my cart and then i would go to check out and then it would just remove it from my cart and it was like you have nothing in your cart and i saw other people saying that too where they're like i feel like i'm being hypnotized what's happening at target why does it just keep disappearing i was like yeah uh, five or six of the biggest websites for retailers in the fucking world today wow. couldn't process this thing after not doing it a week ago for the different similar product and no one learned anything or tried to do anything different right. so i don't know xbox for me but i do love that it will be in eventually well i'm gonna be waiting i'm one of those guys that waits for i guess the second generation cycle to come out because usually that's the better version and whatever right and by then you have a shitload of games call. to choose from you know what i mean and also right. usually the first set of games that are going to drop on ps5 will still be available on ps4 just obviously not up to exactly. date and all that stuff and and no honestly i think now it's safe to say we've reached a point where we're literally just the next step is to be like literal virtually in the game. Like how much crispier right. can it get? How much more lighting can you add? Like to me, PS4, even PS3, I could go back, play that library. And it's like, this is pretty almost dead on to real life. You know what I mean? Any, anyone in the world that can, uh, that tells me that they can see like, uh, the difference between like 30 frames per second and 60 or like 1080p versus 4k. I'm like, right. I, I kind of believe you, but like, I certainly don't. And like, sure. I don't know. Yeah. What, what is it? And, and, and for both platforms, I, I, well, I know at least for Xbox, they've been like, yeah, right. all the games are basically the same for at least the first year here. Like we're not even selling like different copies. They're just like selling copies digitally that you get for both systems. I'm like, so sure. Like if we're releasing a system at a point, just to release a system and we're admitting like, there's not really a difference. Like you'll, you'll get it. Like, I don't know one one is crispier. Like, uh, but like nothing that like oh this system has that the other one doesn't like uh, sure like I don't why did we do this I, except right. to extract money from people and and yes I'll probably get the PlayStation at some point and yeah <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm actually gonna heed your words on that one and maybe wait for a second generation on that like right. you're making the right call I gotta have one of them day one probably but like makes sense <laughs> makes total sense all right so are you ready for the dumbass. Yes. All right. You, you you offered to have one this week. You had something apparently you want to share. So this is I the first. I have a dumbass of the week here. So just before 
this is got a, on the call. This is a first on uh, the show where the guest is providing the dumbass. So you popped a cherry, my friend. Congratulations. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so this is from uh, shared by my friend uh, Terrence Wiggins. He okay. is at the Black Nerd on Twitter. Uh, the his his uh, title on the tweet here is "White people are fucking embarrassing," uh, and it, it is a screenshot. Um, from 13 News Now, WBEC, okay. and the story that they're sharing is that oh, no. a mother of two adopted black daughters okay. said a party city in Arlington is selling Confederate Civil War costumes. And there is an image, and it is indeed children's costumes where you are a Confederate soldier. Oh, wow. uh, and, and in one of the costumes, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not hallucinating this, oh, no. uh, is a black child but with a big gray beard in a Confederate hat and Fuck with a sword. And off. I'm just like fucking wild. Anyway, the reason that this is white people are embarrassing is that the screenshot also contains the top uh, comment underneath, which is from mm. a person named Bree Mueller who says, Oh, but the mother isn't offended by the Jason costume or Freddie who go around gruesomely hacking people to death. This oh is so stupid. God. All capital letters. This period is period. Not <laughs> period. News period. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, systemic racism and the murders <sighs> at Crystal Lake are just I fucking what a fucking galaxy brain take. Like, wow. oh, how is she? Okay, so the Confederacy is bad, but Freddy Krueger is not. <laughs> just like, oh, gentrify Elm Street, you bitch. I just, I, I fucking, what the, oh, what an out-of-control bad take. I love it so much. It's <laughs> crazy. It's Bree, so crazy. Bree Mueller, wherever you are, congrats to you. Uh, you're... You're, you have a, your, your Abby photo on Facebook is a picture with your son, and he does not look like he wants to have anything to do with you, and I get why. Fabulous. Fabulous. Oh, my God. Well, no, I can't relate to anything this on this article because, yeah, I don't understand people like this. She's You know what? It should have just had the article where Elm Live's streets matter. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, people still don't get it. Like... Even though these people are still going on with all lives matter, just it's like, come on, people. Like, you still don't fucking get it. Like, educate yourself. Like, you, it, those people, I think, just don't want to get it, honestly. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, our, it is the same. It is the same person that refused to do the homework. Like, you can't make me do homework. They're still doing it in their 50s. Like, and, and where the snowflakes like, yeah, but crack a book, bitch. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, Too many tangents to do there. But yes, real disappointed in us at all times. Not, not the best. <laughs> oh, shit. No, that was a good dumbass. Most certainly a deserving dumbass for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that I did well. <laughs> well, if we're doing so well, now I'll give you the floor to shine. Plug all your shit where people can find you. Any upcoming projects, whatever you want to plug, go for it. Cool. I am at Brock Wilbur on Twitter and uh, most other social media sites, uh, brockwilbur.com, if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, the postal book uh, from Boss Fight Books is up in the Amazon store and basically everywhere else. If you have a local bookseller you want to order through, just ask them. They'll do that. Um, otherwise, I am the uh, editor-in-chief of The Pitch from Kansas City at uh, thepitchkc.com. Uh, we are doing uh, rugged journalism out there all of the time uh, these days, and 
stories that uh, have attracted some national attention, but certainly if you are in the, the Midwest somewhere and uh, my, my local things are more relevant to you, please uh, check it out. Uh, otherwise, uh, whatever you do, don't drive through Canada. <laughs> don't do it. We don't want you up here anyway, so yes, listen to Brock. No, we're not. We're not invited. It's fine. <laughs> I, I look. I look forward to the day where our two people can live in peace once again, where we aren't all fucking infested like plague rats, uh, and you can let us come visit you. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the Podcast Dap. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the Podcast Dap at Gmail dot com. Rewind to the top the show listen to those fine sponsors because if it helps them out helps me out please support me on my t public store scroll down on your device it's embedded right there it takes you right to the merchandise store and most importantly rate subscribe review on all major platforms we didn't even get into your stand-up career my friend so i gotta have you back and just seriously just talk about stand-up because obviously the listeners know i've had comedians on before in the past and that's literally how i got rolling the ball talking to people was with comedians so i gotta have you back on and just strictly stand up you are a delight, so I will come back on anytime. <laughs> Don't spread rumors. I, I got a reputation to uphold. <laughs> Five stars. Leave that review, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. On that note, he's Brock. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>